When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I think it's an exciting opportunity for us to now um, sort of set off in a new direction play football and create an environment that uh, embodies the values and traditions of this fantastic football club. Bentancourt! Through for Pedro Toro. And he smashed it in! Oh, that's a great stop from Vicario. And Kulosevsky rolls it in! Van Davis! Lacelso freshly introduced and scoring! Now skipped! Pechaco Romero. He is tying it again and wins it. Great work from Romero. Could this be a chance for Solomon? That is quite something from James Madison. Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs. We are your award winning Tottenham Hotspur podcast. We are back. Look, it's the result none of us wanted. It was the show we all dreaded. Tottenham Hotspur are out the FA Cup following a 1-0 defeat to Manchester City in the fourth round. Controversy, of course, will surround the goal itself and the manner of how City scored it. We'll get into all that and more. I'm pleased to say joining me back on the couch, back to therapy, unfortunately, for this edition of Last One Spurs. I'm joined by the wonderful Russ Williams, broadcast extraordinaire, actor, TJ Ramini and Matty Hayes. Look, I know for many out there, the FA Cup's a generational trophy. I know that a lot of the younger viewers and listeners, I know it's all about the top four, the Champions League. For maybe some of the older clientele out there, that Spurs fans, I know the FA Cup is very much deep-rooted. I know for the interviews and the shows we've done this week, I know the FA Cup was dear to many, many people on this show. So look, I'll be honest, devastated that we've gone out. And as I said earlier, it's easy to, well, it's harder to accept when you go out to the lower league teams. But given the fact and the narrative, and how we've gone out to City in that manner. I'll be honest, I feel so crap as I did after going out to the likes of Sheffield United, Nottingham Forest and the rest of them. So where do I start? Matt, I am going to open up with you. Oh, mate. Spurs out of the FA Cup. A late goal from Nathan Ake. I thought that on the whole we battled well, but in my opinion, we just had that real killer instinct in the final third on the night. I mean, Matt, give me your thoughts on the back of 
that defeat which sees Spurs exit the competition? Look, if I were to give you a short answer, I'd say I'm heartbroken and I don't want to be here. But um, we've, we've got a bit more a bit more time to fill than that. Um, look, it's 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 devastating, and to to lose it in in the way that we did so late on in the game is is a really tough one to take. Um, on the night, we weren't good enough. Um, I thought some players played played really really well. Some players didn't didn't perform to the levels that 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 we've come to expect of them. And we'll get into the details of that, I'm sure, as as the show goes on. Um, but I look, I I do think context is important, and it's I know the the kind of rationale and a more kind of analytical or logical view of the entire situation is, is a tough one to take when when we just had to stomach that we've had to watch what we've watched and and accept that we've lost the game so late on when when the mood around the club has has never been as big as it is. But I, I think the the reaction I've seen people calling the players a disgrace. I've seen people say. Um, you know, calling Ange out for for his decision making. I I I don't think the performance was good. I don't think Ange got everything right. But we need to realise that that what we saw out there tonight was a Tottenham Hotspur team that's six months into a project that is completely transforming everything about this club. Not only in terms of quality, but in terms of style. We were playing. We were parking the bus last season. Yeah, look, we beat them last season parking the bus. Fantastic. If you want to take that as a win, do. But we're completely different to what we were last year. We're a much, much better team. It just didn't work out for us tonight. But that's a team six months into a project against a team who are eight years into the most successful project English football has seen in recent years outside of Sir Alex Ferguson's Manchester United. And that the context there for me is is extremely important. And look, I know in, in cup games, it's 90 minutes of 11 men against 11 and a couple of subs to come on and help them. And and in that context, we were second best and, and, and probably deserved to go out. But I, I do think we need to look at the bigger picture here and and realise that under Antonio Conte and Jose Mourinho, these games were were potentially era-defining because all it was about was winning trophies now and instant success, which we didn't get with those managers. But with Ange, it's about so much more. And I'm gutted, I'm heartbroken, and I would do anything for that game to have, to have gone the other way tonight. But I, I do think we need to look at the bigger picture and, and, and not lose faith in, in what's happening because some of those players are exceptional. Some of the performances we've seen this season were exceptional. And... Yeah, let, let's let's just let's not overreact. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. Can I just say, Matt? I'm so pleased I come to you first because <laughs> you've given me some kind of hope there to lean on to. Because I'll be honest with you, as I've said on numerous occasions, just how important and vital the FA Cup was, as is the League Cup was to this season. You know, for me, the domestic cups are so so important. They're up there for me, as I say, with the biggest games of the season. I mean, Russ, if I can come around to you, then I'll go to TJ. Look. The stats are quite cold-hearted, right? I mean, the fact of the matter is City did out possession in the fact that they had 57%, Spurs 43 But the most heading of all, City 18 shots on target to Tottenham Hotspurs 1. One shot on target all game from Spurs, five in City's favour. Look, it is a gut punch of a result for Spurs. Matt, summed it up perfectly, really. Um, we shouldn't overreact, but... To me, two things were obvious. We were playing the European and Premier League champions who move the ball around like clockwork. Um, and the other, I'm sorry to say, reason is Rick um, and everybody else, we simply were not good enough as a collective. But for our defenders and Vicario, I think it could have been four or five. I mean, we just don't, weren't at the races tonight. There was an element for me of... Rabbits in the headlights, particularly in midfield and up front. Our front three didn't really work together. And I, and I think it's worth pointing out that our recent successes against City were because we had Harry Kane and Sonny who used to keep 
a lot of their players on their toes. And um, we haven't got those players at the moment. One is away and one one is now planning his um, trade in Germany. And, um, you know, however we try and look at it, Richie ain't no Harry Kane. And if you don't give the ball to the man with pace, which is Timo Werner, who was in loads of space, loads of times. And we didn't so see So many him. times. So many times. Like, so cannot, many times. You cannot expect to have a good shot and goal tally and even score some goals. I mean, I did say to a pal of mine, we, on X, uh, we DM during the game. I said, the only way we were going to score was a set piece. And the irony is we conceded a set piece to lose the game. But even the balls in from Pedro Porro tonight, for some reason, weren't up to the usual standard. It was a bit like, to me, we were overawed by City. And and let's be absolutely honest, if they play like that, or even better, which they're capable of, they are going to beat everybody easily this season, even Liverpool. In fact, probably more so. But I thought defensively, we were pretty good and respect to the players. Mickey van der Ven, fabulous. Romero played a good game. Full backs were good. The goalkeeper, forget about the goal. Was it a mistake? Was it not a mistake? Was it a foul? Well, the official said no, and it's a goal and we're out. So it's good night, Moss side, and we get on with the rest of our season. Um, and that's no bad thing because now... We've got to go for Champions League football. But it is very, very disappointing with that amazing stadium full of our fans. You know, hundreds of thousands of our fans who couldn't get tickets and are watching it on television expecting Ange ball. But you're up against Pep ball. And that's the difference. Russ, it's very hard to disagree with many of the points you're making there. I think one of the key frustrations, I think, throughout the night, as you said, is that Werner on countless of occasions, was in space. And I counted three or four in the first half alone, doubled it up, tripled it up in the second half, that that guy was crying out for the ball. We never really got to see the bloke because he never was fed the ball to be a threat on the attack, which is absolutely so frustrating. I mean, TJ bringing you in. You know what? When you think about all the city's class that they have in abundance with the team, it ended so uncharacteristic, the fact you have... Ake bundling home after a corner, which again is debatable as to whether it should have stood. I know Spurs players were very, very unhappy that the goal was allowed to stand. But if we're going to be brutally honest, and I want to try and be, Andy's Spurs didn't really have a kick on the night. And I've got to be able to say that, you know, at best towards the end, I was sitting there hoping for a replay. I didn't feel we had enough quality to get the win. And I just felt as that game went on, unfortunately, City's class told true Spurs not good enough on the night how do you see it for you TJ correct you know um a Manchester City better than Tottenham yes uh I don't think that's controversial or particularly surprising to anybody on this panel or anybody listening or anyone who follows this sport across the planet Manchester City are the best football team in the world um and to all the points that have been made by this knowledgeable panel and I was so delighted to be uh teamed up with the three of you this evening um we didn't really get going i think when russ was saying i think we were a bit overawed i i could see that as well it was everybody was aware of the magnitude of this game and, and and what it was meaning to us and that it was our best chance at silverware you know in 16 years um you know are we still in the title race yes are we likely to win the league that's debatable uh, we could have won the fa cup 
Um, what I want to add to that is that we didn't really get going because of Pep and because of this City team. We've been so, so, so effective with these inverted fullbacks, with Udogi and Pedro Porro being able to push forward. The problem was, is that their left back and right back were pushed up pretty much the entire... I mean, how good was Kyle Walker tonight? Jesus, he's so good. Um, I think I was reading something a few months ago with a shout that's saying, is Kyle Walker the greatest Premier League player ever? And like, you know, it's going to take some beating. And obviously people are going to throw out, you know, Ori or Harry Kane or like, you know, Cantona or like all these huge games. But Kyle Walker, I mean, he's consistently a 10. Like whether he's playing for England, whether he plays for Tottenham, whether he plays for City, like unbelievable. And to talk about Werner's pace, well, Kyle Walker wasn't worried about his pace in the slightest. No problem. There was a, one time that he was put through and Kyle Walker just turned on the afterburners and went like that. And not only won the ball off him, won a foul off it. Um, and so, yes, it was disappointing. And of course, I'm crushed. Of course, I am. You know, we wanted to go on and win this game. But we've lost to the best team in the world with a controversial goal that I 100% think was a foul. I don't know how you back into the goalkeeper like that, jump with both elbows raised and with no attempt to play the ball and not have it be given as a foul. However, they had been doing that to us on previous corners. So we should have done something to protect our own goalkeeper. It's not like we don't have physical players either. If Vicario is having a problem, put some physical players and push these Manchester City guys away. So um, we were outclassed, boys. We were outclassed. But to Matty's point, we're six months into this new project. I'm not making excuses, guys. This is These are just facts. These are just statistics, just numbers. I've said that on this show before. Numbers don't have an opinion. They don't care. We're six months into a brand new project going against the greatest manager pretty much of all time against one of the best club teams also arguably of all time and we've lost to a controversial set piece goal in the 88th minute so all is not lost yes I'm gutted but all is not lost guys CJ thank you for that I really do appreciate it whilst we do bring Russ back guys I do just want to give a still of the actual goal itself just so we can get this out of the way because again I know it's you know being debated heavily debated obviously of course around the world at the moment in terms of different obviously TV stations and such this is probably not the greatest deal to show, but for our watching audience here, listeners on audio, we're just going to try and provide some analysis as to what and how this goal has been counted. Now, as you can see there, Matt, coming over to you, believe it's Nathan Ake or Rodri there that's impeding Vicario from what we can see from this angle. I've got to say there's a few different angles that are open to debate as to whether the goal should have stood. Essentially, it was checked by VAR and was given as a goal. Matt, I know it's hard to remove a biased opinion, but obviously for a man like you that does work in and around football, was you surprised seeing that given due to the nature that we've seen previous decisions like this normally go in favour of goalkeepers? It's look, it's 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 a tough one. Look at look at the at the incident, if you isolate it from from the rest of the game, if you look at that incident on its own, I think it's soft. Um, and I, I think it's one of those that whatever decision was given on the pitch is what VAR would have stuck with. I think if the referee or the linesman had, had ruled that out as it happened, I think I think that would have stood. Um, as Steve says there in chat there, it, it, was, uh, it wasn't a clear and obvious error. Maybe that's not what he said, but it, I, I don't think it was um, a clear and obvious error. I think Vicario was weak, but as TJ said, it was happening all game. Every single corner. There's even somewhere 
as they were lining up the corner, the camera panned to Diaz and Vicario, and Diaz was even shoulder barging him in the chest. For me, if I'm a VAR official, I'm I'm, I'm watching that. I, I'm going to see that early on in the game, and I'm going to remember that. When Diaz has been doing that the entire way through the game, I think the benefit there needs to be given to, to Vicario. And you could say that, well, Diaz has been trying this all game. Not only has he been stood in an offside position as he's doing it, which again, I think the VAR needs to be aware of, but the entire game, every single corner, he's barging Vicario. And yes, TJ, again, great point that, that we should have done something about it. But for me, the officials have to be aware of that. And you have to take that into consideration because, I mean, th- like you said, Ricky, there's no intent there to play the ball. The arms are up. His only intent there is to is to impede Vicario. And while Vicario should be stronger, I, I, I think in if you want consistency in all these decisions, there was one that went the other way. It was it was James Trafford in that, that Burnley game recently. I forget who they were playing. But every other decision you see like this goes in favour of the keeper. And look, what, 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 what do we do if, if that consistency isn't there anymore? You know, we've had Ange come out in the presser. And Matt, I'll come to you. Uh, Ange just said, look, they're a top team. They're the benchmark. We're just not there yet. And he was asked about his opinion on the goal. He said, look, I'm sure they had a good look. And the referee and VAR didn't see anything wrong with it. The decision was made. And we have to accept it. I mean, Matt, give me your thoughts with relation to Andrew's comments there with regards to the benchmark. Fair points for you, Matt? 100%. Absolutely, a hundred percent. I, I think, like, I, I think that's fact. I don't think that's something you can. Yeah, it's irrefutable. You can argue with. Absolutely, they, they are the best team in England. They're the best team in the world. They won the treble last season for, for a reason. And I think, I think what some, what some fans maybe are, are struggling to to kind of understand within the context of this is that, we're, we're the, the the first ten games of this season were were honeymoon period. We had an insanely strong eleven, where all of them were playing absolutely fantastically. Um, the the opposition we were coming up against were, were kind of falling into a style of play that we, that we like to play against. And I said this on the show. I, I feel like it might have been after the Chelsea game, Ricky, or, or before after one of the games in and around that period. Yeah, where I said that it might have been a few games later, actually, because I made the point that the the first ten games that we played is is the absolute pinnacle of what this team can achieve this season. The next five games were the very bottom. Of, of what this season could become. And we were always going to middle out somewhere. We were always going to end up somewhere in the middle. And while I know it's incredibly frustrating looking at the the way we played against uh, against Arsenal at the Emirates, the way we played uh, that first 15, 20 minutes against Chelsea, uh, the, the the mentality and the, the drive that we showed against Liverpool, while it's so easy to look back at that and say, well, why can't we do that? Not everyone is going to perform at the absolute best level every single game. You know, so I think, I th- I think the, the kind of, the view of the actual quality of this team and, and, and the system and the project is a little bit skewed because of that. Um, and again, I just want to specify, because I know com- comments can be taken out of context, I don't think we were good tonight. I think we should have been better. I think in a lot of areas we have ourselves to blame. But we also need to to, to temper that expectation a little bit. And I, look, I felt we could have won that game tonight. But going into it, I was more confident than I've been against any other game against City that, totally that I can agree. remember. Totally agree. But if someone had said to me, you're, you're going to lose this game, I wouldn't have been surprised. And I wouldn't... I wouldn't be be fuming and, and going against Pastacoglu and going against some of those players just just because of it. That's the best team in the world. Yeah, fact, fact. It's fact. They are the best team in the world. I mean, Russ, bringing you back in. They've tried to take your internet down twice. Bless you. Thank yes, you for finding a way. They Sorry. have. I mean, look, we've had Ange come out in his presser just to bring you the comments, Russ. And on the game itself, he said, "Look, I just felt the second half was okay. The first half we were far too passive." They got into their rhythm, and it's very hard to arrest that mid-game, although we started the second half well. We defended well. It's not like Vic had a million saves to make. I'd say they've got 
eight or nine years on us. And I hope people have a little bit of perspective. That doesn't mean you don't tackle it. There's no excuses, but they're well down the line in being the team they want to be while we've just started on that journey. And it's actually very reminiscent, Matt, to what you actually said in your opening intro of this show. He went on to say, look, we fought hard to stay in the game, but to be honest, that's all we did. We stayed in the game. That wasn't enough tonight to get us over the line. And to be fair, I mean, look, Russ, you've been here after we've had Conte, okay. there was, I think Mourinho before. Oh, I would say from Ange, that's a fairly fair analysis of the game. Do you agree? 100%. I mean, he was obviously watching the game that nearly all of us were watching. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's very little you can add to that. I mean, the man is a manager and he, he knows the football club a lot better than all of us do um, because he's there at the coalface every day. I mean, he will, I'm sure, <clears throat> excuse me, um, be disappointed with the with the performance tonight, reading between the lines. That's more or less what he said, you know, first half far too passive. I mean, to play at home against um, a team who we know that we can compete with and have done consistently and, and, and really just appear kind of devoid, really, of ideas and nothing was coming off. We couldn't find the important players. We couldn't get the ball into the position on the pitch where we could even cross the ball to try and be a nuisance. Um, it really was um, not concerning, isn't the word, but I think it underlines exactly where we are in relation to uh, the top football clubs in, in Europe at the moment. And this is why I think it's extremely important to have a good finish to the season, get into the top four, which is going to be not easy, but I think we're capable of doing it, and then testing ourselves in the Champions League and learning from that experience. But he's right, they're eight, eight years down the line. Um, they are essentially a country that you're playing with all their financial resources, which I know is another subject that we could move on to, but probably won't do tonight, uh, and how they've um, been managing that, according to some people, isn't quite, you know, good. Uh, but we'll wait and see. That's going to go through due process. Uh, but the harsh reality is, for me, is that our chairman, our board, are running our business at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, Club brilliantly. They brought in a very good manager. Uh, you can talk about net spend and all that. Somebody, I, I read a tweet the other day saying, yeah, but Daniel Levy's net spend since Ange has been there is five million quid. But it doesn't matter. He's brought in the personnel. But the harsh reality is that we, as fans, want a trophy. And once again, we're not going to get one this year unless some sort of miracle happens in the Premier League. And it did for Leicester, you never know, at our expense, incidentally. So we've got this habit of falling up short, and it's still within the club. And somehow, Ange's got to sort of squeeze that, you know, wring out the washing like your mum or granny used to do, get all that water out, and then we're good to go. And it, it, I think because historically, over the last 20 years or so, we've struggled as a football club to get over the line. I think it's real when it's endemic, almost in the DNA, it's very, very difficult to get out. But the one thing I would say, and I was racking my brains about this, Rick, when was the last time we played well in a cup game? Oh, when was the last question. time? It's a good question. In I was cup... thinking that 
I was thinking yeah. that before the game. Like I was looking back at that Burnley game. I think they showed some of the highlights before it kicked off, and I was thinking about how poor we were in that. Even some of the games we won the, the the last couple of seasons. But I felt going into the game that the mentality or, or approach would be different because it was Manchester City. For me, the problem in the other cup games is that we might think, well, it's only Forest, well, it's only Sheffield United, it's only it's only Burnley, and that, that's cost us quite a bit. I thought that approach mentality would be different because it was City, but I, I think you're right, Russell. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that was the case. I think the last one. Again, I'm just picking to the back of my mind, and Bill will not agree. Maybe the, the Preston game where Sonny scored, I think in the FA Cup, but you've got to go back a couple of years for that. And that, I think, is endemic to this issue we've got around Cups that, for whatever reason, as you said, Russ, the mentality just isn't quite there. And, I mean, again, Ange makes that point. Look, City are down eight or nine years into their project, as Matt you know, put at the start, and Ange referred to it as well in his presser. We are only six months in. But it is deeply painful that we aren't going to be contesting towards the latter stages of a cup competition again and that anything is on the top four. But I am conscious for many that is still really, really important. But, you know, I'm bringing you in, TJ. This, this is really the hard thing, isn't it? You know, for some, top four is really, really important. And again, I know that does attract a higher calibre of players. It allows you maybe to retain some of your bigger stars. What's the learning curves, TJ, you take away from tonight? Because for me, my concern was in that last 10, 12 minutes, I mean, look, on a night like tonight, I think we're all really deeply hurt. We're not going to go through every game and incident of it because it is just really raw to do. But that last 10, 15 minutes, TJ, I think the heads were starting to go. I mean, Hoybier, not once but twice, was a lucky, lucky boy. The second one presents it right into De Bruyne's path. I mean, look, on any other game, De Bruyne is putting that in the back of the net and it's irregardless what happens with the goal at the end because City go on to win the game by two. I mean, is that a mentality problem for you that the players just can't keep their heads in these bigger games like this? Um, I don't think it was mentality. I, I think it was physicality. I think we were knackered. And I know that people are saying, well, we've not played in, in 12 days. And of course, that's true. But anyone who's ever played the game knows that if you don't have a lot of the ball, it's very, very tiring especially if you're playing under a manager who insists that you press and insists that if you're an if you're an attacking player you drop back and defend and if you're a defending player you push up and attack so to me it just looked like fitness you could see a couple of players going down with cramp and things like that and uh, i'm just going to open myself up to a barrage of abuse here i actually thought hoybier had a really good game until the last 10 minutes totally when he agree. was absolute, when totally he was agree. absolutely dead on his feet absolutely i would agree. love it if somebody who's watching or listening could um, have a look at the amount of ground that he covered or the amount of interceptions that he made. And I bet it would be staggering. Um, I'm not going to do that now, obviously, being on the show. But he had a very, very good game. He was just exhausted. And to Matty's point, you can't expect perfection from any human being, especially perfection 100% of the time. They are all going to make mistakes. And those mistakes are going to be uh, are going to occur with greater frequency when you're tired. And so, guys, we were just outclassed. We, we just were by the greatest team in the world who are nine years into a project. We're six months into a project. And so, again, another thing that I'm going to because the question was, uh, Rick, what did we learn? And what I learned was this is a positive thing. And I, again, I'm not trying to, to, to uh, polish a turd here. People are saying about how often Timo Werner could have been played in and he was finding a lot of space. This is his third game. 
You know what I mean? He just arrived. And so people saying, oh, well, he was always free and he never got played in. That's true, right? And that's frustrating for me. And I saw that too. However, the fact that he's making those runs, the fact that he wants the ball and he's been there for about 15 minutes is really positive. Cohesion is massive for any team, for any business. And so he is a new recruit. We just don't know how to make that play yet. And people saying, we're missing Sonny. Like Sonny is the giant killer. Like if City are, are afraid of anybody, they are afraid of Hyung Min Son. And he wasn't there tonight. And we had this young, this young German lad who's just come to the country, you know, two weeks ago, trying to fill sizable boots. And he he did his best. I don't think anyone could out there with a level head can say that there every player didn't give it their all. Yes, Kulu had a poor yeah, game. Yes, it's, not, it's, not it's not an effort. It's not an effort issue tonight, effort. TJ. Spot. And listen, brother, effort. we've been on here many times yeah. and slated players for a lack of effort. People saying, yeah. oh, Johnson wasn't affected again. He, yes. You know, I know he wasn't affected and he, he wasn't effective, sorry. He is a work in progress. I said it the last time I was on the show. He just needs to understand he has more time than he realises and then his yeah. crossing will improve. Go yeah. and get a bag of balls and say to Pedro Porro, how do you cross, by the way, mate? because I'm not very good at that. How do you do that? And he'll go, oh, like this. And so there are improvements that will be made, tiny little improvements that will move us on as a football club seismically, but it's not going to all happen overnight. I'm yep. hugely frustrated, but there are so many positives about this club, about the philosophy, again, to Matty's point, about this manager and also about our new personnel. So, you know, the future is brighter than it has been for the last number of years. Agree. Look, I've got to be honest, TJ, everything you guys are saying, you know, I do, <laughs> the more we're here, the more I feel a little bit easier. I'll be honest with you. I mean, look, I think we all feel the same that when you get a result like that and we have to provide instant analysis of it, for many, it is stomach hard to take. You know, again, I think for, for all of us here, the cup meant a lot to us. So to go out of it in that manner when it's 87, 88 minutes, you've got to come on here 15 minutes later. It's a great to these wonderful viewers and listeners that also join us and these wonderful contributors that have given up their time to come here and try and give us some therapy on the back of it. And again, what I will just add to TJ's amazing point there is that, look, we are still without Saar, Basuma, Sonny and more. Not telling everyone just to chill, but what I am just saying is that, as we've said throughout this first half hour of the show, it's really important to remember that it is just a work in progress. I know many are angry, many are frustrated. And for those that have followed last one on Spurs over the six, seven years that we've been around, you guys know how deeply to me the cups do really, really hurt when we go out of them. And look, you guys know that top four is not really a massive achievement. Well, not a massive achievement. That's wrong for me to say. It's not, for me, the be all and end all. You know, for me, a day out of Wembley would have been amazing to see these players under this manager who, can I be honest with you, I really, really like this team. I really, really like this manager. And it's a long, long time since I've been able to say that about a Tottenham team, that I actually really like this group. And that's why it's been so special to see this really group, this really young group at the moment get somewhere on the back of losing Harry Kane with Madison returning to the side who got an absolute standing ovation because there's a real genuine feeling that this group could do something special. And again, they may go on to do something special. We're only, like I say, six months into it. What we are going to do we are going to go for our first break of the show for our listeners and audio. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Look, it's uh, obviously when you concede late, it's a tough one to take. Um, but, um, yeah, having said that, we, we had to work really hard just to stay in the game. And I think that's all we were doing tonight. We were just staying in the game. We didn't really, you know, um, sort of get any foothold to, to try and get on top of them. And in the end, we came up short. Is it tough in the dugout in those moments when you're thinking, I can't see us getting that foothold within the game? No, look, I mean, that's, you know, you, you, you try and help the lads as much as you can. And um, yeah, I thought second half we were a little bit better, but first half we were, just, we were just too passive and it allowed them to get a rhythm in the game. And um, look, they're a top side, they're the benchmark. And when you let them get you know, comfortable in that sense, it's very hard then to wrestle back control the way we wanted to. And um, yeah, that was a disappointing thing tonight. I think always a difficult thing against a team like City because of the way they retain the ball is obviously to try to disrupt them and then when you have the ball be effective and be obviously clinical with it um, it didn't really happen for us tonight no it didn't and um, yeah you know, like I said they're, you know, they're a top team and we just didn't cope well with both sides of the game I thought like I said I thought it was just too passive with our aggression in the first half with and without the ball you know we, we kind of we didn't really you know, the thing we've been good at this year is we started every game really well, um, high tempo, high intensity, and it wasn't there today. And once they got comfortable, like I said, we just... And to be fair, the boys, I thought, defended really well. Yeah. So, like, Vic had a lot of saves to make. We had to do some you know, desperate last-ditch tackles and stuff. But, you know, like I said, we were just working that hard just to stay in the game rather than trying to get on top of them. Pleased to get James Madison back on the pitch, though, Andrew. I imagine some of these players are still working their way up Cootie had cramp over there. He took off Rodrigo Ventico. Some of these guys are still working their way up to full fitness. Yeah, but, you know, you don't get redos. Today was the night, so there's no point, you know, looking at excuses. And, and you know, we had a team out there that was capable of doing it. And, um, you know, we, we're disappointed that we weren't able to do it. And we just got to use that disappointment to, to fuel ourselves for the rest of the year and, uh, you know, starting Wednesday night. Yeah, it's, it, it's obviously a shame to go out of the FA Cup, but 17 games to go, laser-focused now in the Premier League. Yeah, nothing really changes, uh, <clears throat> irrespective. Um, we've got to keep growing as a team. That's a challenge for us. We want to, you know, finish the season strong and, um, you know, there's an opportunity there for us to do that. Uh, you know, we'll get some players back hopefully over the next couple of weeks. So, um, you know, hopefully that means that we can finish the season second half season stronger than the first and if we do that then um, you know we'll, we'll have made an impact. Big game to come against Brentford I just wondered how the team prepares now do they have a bit of time or are you straight back into, into training again? Oh, no, we'll, I mean obviously two games next week so boys will have recovery tomorrow and then we'll be uh, back into training and uh, getting ready for you know a big couple of games. Ange thanks so much for joining us really thanks, appreciate guys. it thank you. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions but also how to benchmark train and retain them phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey thank you so much for all your incredible support for the show we appreciate it's tricky we appreciate it's hard we appreciate it's probably you want to be anywhere else rather than listening or watching last word on spurs on the back of a cup defeat but i'm delighted to say we are joined by the wonderful broadcast extraordinaire Russ Williams, actor TJ Romini, to actor TJ Romini and the brilliant Matty Hayes, who are guiding you through this last word on Spurs. And look, I think what many would like to maybe focus on the fact that, as we said about it being a learning piece, well, how far are we away? How long is it going to take? When are we going to get there? Because I know for many, although it's only six months, how much longer or how long can this wait go on without a trophy? And that's unfortunately I don't think we can all answer tonight. I think it'd be impossible to do that. But what we can all hopefully see is a team coming together. And again, when I mentioned that point about where we are squad-wise, just to give you an insight into the lineups of this game, obviously Spurs, as we saw, the headline news was James Madison being back in the squad. But ultimately, it was just the one change with Deanne Kulisewski coming into the side. Now, obviously, Ben Davis, Dane Scholar also returned to training earlier just ahead of the game, and we're back amongst the subs. Uh, Dian Kulisewski, of course, got over that illness in the 2-2 draw. Um, look, Emil Hoybier got the nod ahead of Oliver Skip, and all I can say is what, I've got to say what TJ put so succinctly, is Hoybier for me was one of the best performers on the night, and look, if everyone's going to perform like that when they want to move away from the football club, give me some of those players, because he put his absolute body on the line several times for the club, but I don't think you could ask anything more than that. I mean, team-wise, Spurs lined up. Vicario, Porro, Romero, Van der Venedogi, Hoybier, Benzenkor, Kulisevsky, Johnson, Richarlison, Werner, with a bench of Forster, Dragasheen, Davis, Emerson, Skip, Madison, Hill, Santiago, Scarlett. For City, it was a Tager in goal. They had the defence of Walker, Diaz, Ake, Gavardial, with the midfield of Rodrigo, Kovacic, Bernardo, Foden, Bob up front. Their bench cities, which we said about earlier, Edison, Stones, Grealish, Doku, De Bruyne, Gomez, Nunes, Sosoho, Luis. Now, I don't know again, guys, if you had an opinion on this, Matt, coming around to you. When I WhatsApped you, Matt, earlier, I said to you, I think Madison is benched. You said to me, you've crushed my dreams. <laughs> I remember me saying that, Matt. But um, how much do you feel was a massive direct influence of Madison not being there to start with, given the fact that in the build-up to the week, and this is not to go in on the Spurs social media team to, as such, there was heavy promotional of the fact Madison was back, he's training, We've got Ansan on the day before the presser. He could be fit to start and available. Did that one really throw you, Matt, by him not starting the game? And did that have a detrimental effect by him not starting, in your opinion? I actually, interestingly, was was the other way. When when they started putting up all those posts about, about Madison, I actually posted myself that it, it, it's, it seemed a little bit fishy because of how quiet we've been about 
Bentoncourt coming back and, and Van de Ven and Romero and even Davis tonight, who if I'm not mistaken, is back was back on the bench ahead of schedule. The fact that we were pushing it so much, I kind of felt as though it was it was trying to to throw City a curveball and you know kind of ch- change their last minute preparations to expect to James Madison, which I I I I'd hoped would happen, but 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 wasn't exactly expecting. Um, I, I look, it, it's it's always detrimental to to whatever you're going to attempt to do when when your best player um, that's available, like obviously Son uh, at the Afcon, when your best player that's available isn't on the football pitch, you're you're going to be worse. Um, for me, I would say we are more affected by the underperformance of Kulisowski than than we were by the absence of James Madison because we haven't had James Madison for 81 days, but hey, who's counting? Um, and Kulisowski has, has gone in there at times. La Celso has gone in there and 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 they, they've both done well. So I, I don't think Madison's absence was... is I, I don't know how to phrase it, maybe enough of a reason to to fixate on, on why that performance might not have been been up to par. But of course, it would have been a lot better if, if he had been in there. I do want to say, I forget who made the point earlier, but... When he came on, he did look a bit tentative, and he, he played one or two great passes, but but he seemed a bit reluctant to to get involved. Um, he seemed to, to he, he was just wary, you know. When you when you miss 11, 11 and a half weeks, you're not going to want to fly into challenges, especially especially with the nature of the injury that he had. You know, maybe a little bit different for Van de Ven, who who had a muscle injury, but for um, for Madison, it was it was an impact injury, so you're going to be a bit reluctant. Um, so had he started, would we have been better? Yes, would we have been better to the point that we would have won that game? I'm I'm not so sure. I'm interested, Russ, come over to you. He was asked about Madison pre-match. He said, look, he was as close as anyone else, but obviously he hasn't played for quite a while. And I'm mindful of the fact that I reckon there'll be a fair bit in the game early. And to be fair, there was. I mean, City could have been ahead in the first minute. We'll come on to that in just a second. But having him to come on could be helpful for us. I mean, Russ, was you disappointed Madison didn't start? Or could you understand the fact that he's been out for three to four months? It's a high-intensity yeah. game. Can you just throw him in? To Man City, the champions, of course, of Europe, one of the best teams in the world. Or it's not yeah, the best. I, I would have had him on the bench. Um, so I think the manager did the right thing then because um, he is such an important player to our team when he's fully fit. And we've got some big games coming up, not least uh, Brentford, of course, next week, a really important game in the league. And um, I do believe that. It would just be on luck, you know, if something happened. So um, caution was, I think, the right thing to do, Rick, to be honest with you. But like Matt, if I could just say a word about um, Decky, to me, he's not number 10. And we've got, we really do have to stop this now, if it's possible. I mean, I know when everyone's back and and fit, he'll be back on uh, wide again, but this experiment with him as a number 10, I don't think has worked for me. It just looks ineffective. Okay, interesting. I mean, CJ, let's get your thoughts. You agree on that with Decky? I mean, that guy has played a varied amount of position so far for Spurs. The argument was, I think, tonight, again, is obviously with Madison not being on the pitch, you obviously allow Decky to be that creator. Would you agree with Russ that it's just simply not working having that position or do you agree, disagree? Yeah, I mean... Um... I, I think you have to let the results and the performances speak. And to that point, you know, Russ is absolutely right, as he more than often is. Um, and so, but of course, we know why he was playing there. And of course, Russ knows this. And again, you know, pragmatic level-headed Spurs fans will also understand this is because we didn't have any other options, chaps. You know, um, this, again, people calling, oh, Madison should have started. You know, Madison was nowhere near starting. And even Madison, when Madison came on, 
um, he was not just ineffective. He was reluctant, actually. Like It's quite he, rusty, he, wasn't he? He was quite rusty. That first opening challenge. Yeah, Rick, you know what I mean? Like, rusty, sure. Like, Benta looked a bit rusty tonight. He didn't look scared. Madison looked scared, which I understand. Okay. You know, I, I, I understand. And I'm kind of pleased that he was like, you know what, let me just not do that. Because if we'd lost him for another number of weeks, we would have been absolutely scuppered. And so I didn't mind him coming along and, uh, you know, treading carefully with all respect to him. Um, Decky, what we all like about Decky, and, and we've waxed lyrical about Decky before, he has so many qualities, but he is a, you know, he's an honest Tommy. So if you say, listen, mate, you're going to play here tonight, he'll say, yes, boss. And go and do it to the best of his ability. But his abilities are not endless. You know, um, he's he's great at dribbling. He's got great strength. He can turn a player. He can roll a player. But City were so, so well organised tonight. I mean, yeah. Rodri and Kovacic were just masterful. Bernardo yeah. Silva, again, I'm looking at Bernardo Silva. And I'm just like, Brian Hill, <laughs> can you not? Just watch him, dude. You're both Spanish. Just go, mate. Sorry, what is it that you're doing? Because I can't, <laughs> I can't, I don't know what to do. When I get the ball, I kind of flick my hair, fabulous hair. And Bernardo will go, it is fabulous hair. Um, and then I kind of run out of ideas. You know, I kind of fall over. And Bernardo's just like, well, first thing you've got to do is puff your chest out and understand that you're a Premier League footballer. Put your foot on the ball, look around and spread a pass. Oh. Maybe I should cut my hair. Maybe you should, but you keep it because it's fabulous, <laughs> lustrous. Um, and oh, so CJ, we, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't could make me laugh tonight. On the back of our <laughs> team, but mate, I tell you, you listen, when, find when a way. does a shampoo ad, if I don't get at least ten percent, I'll be furious. But um, mate, honestly, you no. Know, so Decky will do what we ask of him, but you know he does have he does have limited ability. But I agree. Let's not put him in the number ten anymore. But if we if we are going to play Johnson on the right. You know, I mean, really, that's Decky's place. But we just didn't have a GLC to come and do that. We didn't have a Madison to come in and do that. So we can only play the cards we're dealt, guys. And yeah. we're still so, so thin on the ground. We're missing Basuma. We're missing Saar. We're missing Sonny. Madison's not fit. We're missing GLC. Guys, these are just, it's just the reality of what we had tonight. We all want to walk into the kitchen, you know, with a $5 bag of grocery shopping and turn it into a gourmet meal. But sadly, that's not always possible. Mate, thank you for that analogy. I tell you what, Crackers, he's got some work to on the back of that one, I tell you. Russ, <laughs> coming over to you, if I can. You know, Sonny, I have to bring Sonny up because he's always been such a pivotal factor in this fixture. Is he the difference tonight, Russ? Because I've got to say with Sonny, the one thing I must add is that his clinical finishing that many have picked up on over the last few weeks in these big, big games that we've seen. Quite honestly, I've got to say, you know, I feel he could have been a difference tonight, Son. Is that fair for me to say, Russell? How do you feel about um, that's the way the timing of the fixture came round, Sonny not being available for it? Well, I think even a coach like Guardiola will know what Son could have done to his City team. So I think he certainly would, would have been relieved that he wasn't part of the Spurs setup tonight because... History uh, engraves itself in your memory, doesn't it? And it would have done for Pep Guardiola and City. Um, would we have won tonight with Sonny playing? I think we would have had a better chance of winning tonight. For some reason, this front three, you know, this sort of uh, potpourri of different styles of players, 
isn't quite working uh, at the moment. And I think, to be fair to Brennan Johnson, who I was pleased to see in the week, was saying how happy he is being part of Spurs and how he loves the club already, which is great to hear. Yep, I'm I think that he's been playing a lot of games, as we know, that ordinarily he would not have been playing if we'd have had all our personnel fit and playing the players at a first choice in those spots. And I think he was brought into the club never to play every game, but needs must, as TJ so beautifully put it, you know, um, we have got a $5 bag of shopping and we ain't going to get a gourmet meal or to uh, bring it to this side of the pond. Uh, you can't make a silks purse out of a sow's ear. And, uh, and that's roughly uh, where we are at the moment, but it isn't going to last long. These players are coming back. Who knows what's going to happen in the remaining five days of the transfer window. It's evident that we need at least a couple of uh, top quality players to come in. Might be in the window in the summer. Mm. Uh, but I think there's everything to be excited about. And I think uh, next season, as I've said it before, Sonny will be here. Please, God, we'll have uh, some new players in the summer. Some of the ones who are not getting a chance will disappear. And I think we will be very, very dangerous football club next season and we'll be a little bit closer to Manchester City, but we won't have caught up with them. But look how we played against them tonight. We weren't yeah. brilliant, yeah. but they only won 1-0. And, Agreed. you know, that's the, that's the, imper- the important mm. thing, I think, to remember, as underwhelming as we were for a lot of the game, apart from some neat, really neat type passing for about 10 minutes in the second half, I thought we were... We were really bold and brave then. Not enough of that in the first half. But we weren't that far away. Yeah. But they are like clockwork. And you can see that they all know each other and how they play. Oh, first touch. Totally agree. Beautiful yeah. to watch. Yeah. yeah. And um, when we're on our game at the beginning of the season, particularly first touch, mm. beautiful to watch. But as soon as you get one little cog yeah. coming out of our wheel, yeah. it's evident we've got a problem. With City... Yeah. They just bring in somebody else who yeah. can also do it. Can I, can I be honest? Yeah. As, as soon as Doku come on, Russ, I just felt the yeah. game went to another level of pace, didn't it? It's just like, yeah. you know... It was, Grealish someone... can't get a look in with him. It's crazy, isn't it? You know, and look at Jack Grealish, you know. I yeah. mean, I know he's cut back and cut inside Merchant, but Doku, he just mm-hmm. goes for it. And yeah. they are a side to behold, a lot of them. Rodri, uh, the goalkeeper who was on the bench tonight, exceptional with his feet. Uh, I mean, I did see some, incidentally, Rick uh, and TJ and, and Matt and everybody else, there was a few people having a pop at Vicario on social oh, media after the on, game. Can't, can't Honestly, believe that. You Vicario. need to get a life. I mean, if this bloke has God, been a revelation. If, if we're ever going to Vicario, then my God, what, where well, are we at? We might as well Guys, there was some ange out. Sorry, you What's know, really? it's off limits. Like, I must say, though, this is okay. the reactionary of X. I mean, I will just say, yeah. Twitter formally, I mean, it's really hard to really go off a form of a balanced opinion by going onto there. It's really, really hard. It's not and a barometer of normal. No, of course not. Of course not. Of course not. It's just absolutely mental. Um, you know what, Matt bringing you in, you know, I, I, it's hard. I, I don't want to talk, talk, keep talking about players that aren't here because ultimately we knew they weren't going to be here and they couldn't have affected the result. But I know we had a few comments in relation to maybe Angie's tactical awareness of the game. And that's how it actually has been brought into question here. Um, frankly, Tottenham says, change the formation. I mean, to be fair, Spurs were in the game. I mean, they were in the game. They're 87 minutes there. 
we're nil nil. We're playing, as I said, the, the best team in the world. You, you could argue maybe you could have had a Madison a little bit earlier, but I think as backing up what TJ said earlier, when Madison did come on, and this is no disrespect to Madison, he's been out for three, four months. He was very, very rusty, and I totally agree with TJ that for me, he was a little bit hesitant in the tackle. He's only just come back, doesn't want to get injured again. I mean, Matt, does Postecoglou have anything to answer for tactically in that game for you? No, not even slightly. We lost the game from a corner, and and, and that that for me is 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 enough. You know, if we we could have won that game from a corner as much as we as much as we could have lost it, and that's that's nothing to do with tactics. That's nothing to do with 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 formation. It's it's to do with potentially a bit of weakness from the goalkeeper and and a, a contentious decision from the referee. And I think to to, to look at the game and and the entire ninety minutes of what was uh, a tactically brilliant and and technically brilliant game of football. To look at it in such a one-dimensional way to say that, and I'm not calling out anyone in particular here, just the, the kind of the overall reaction, to, to look at it in a way and say the tactics were wrong or Postacogli was wrong for me is, is is a bit too simplistic. And to to, to add to to piggyback on one of the, the points that, that Ross so eloquently made a second ago with regards to the, the brilliant 10 or 15 minutes we had in the second half, I think with, with, how, with how complex and how... Uh, complicated football is at the moment with all these different caveats of, of tactical tweaks and and the 150 different things that a player is, that a player is asked to do. I, I I I'm not comfortable sitting here and saying Spurs were good or Spurs were bad. In the same way, I'm not going to sit here and say Johnson was good or Johnson was bad because Johnson in the final third today, a few bad decisions. There was one or two crosses in the first half. He he could have done better. Um, I think he needs to be a bit more decisive. And those are maybe the the, the key parts of of his performance that we need to look at. But I'm also going to say that he gave us an outball in that first 60, 65 minutes that we didn't have after he went off the pitch. And his simply his presence was extremely crucial. I thought in the first half he did really well in coming back and, and helping Pedro Power defend and, and keep City at bay down that left-hand side, which they, they really did overload. So Johnson in the final third wasn't good for me today, but there were so many other aspects of his game that that, that were good. And if we're going to it sit here and say... Never not marked. He was always man marked. Yeah. And whenever he received the ball, he had, you know, probably Kyle Walker like breathing down his throat. To your point, Matty. Sorry to interrupt you, mate. No, no, no worries. But I, I think that that same that same context applies to, to the Tottenham performance. We were second best today, but we weren't terrible for 90 minutes. For 10, 15, 20 minutes at the start of that second half, we were controlling the game and we didn't create enough. I think the that the creative dynamic in yeah. the midfield wasn't there. I think yeah. we couldn't get the ball to Werner. We couldn't get the ball even to Paro and Odagi uh, yeah. as much as we would have wanted. But I think that the fact that we did have control of the game for that amount of time, that's 90% of the work done. We just missed that last 10%, which again, ultimately cost us. But I yeah. feel it would be remiss of us to not acknowledge what was good about how we played because it's football is just so much more than that, that one dimensional thing. And Ricky, you're absolutely spot on when Doku and De Bruyne came on, it was a different game of football. And, 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 and look, it's frustrating, but for me, that's fine because they're two players who start for the best team in the world week in, week out. De Bruyne, who potentially for me is one of the best players that's ever played Premier League football. Doku, who has been an absolute revelation and has ripped Premier League defenses apart for the entire season. City just have that depth that we don't. And that's something they've been able to build over the last five or six years. That's something that that Guardiola has been able to to perfect with keeping that that deep squad happy. Pasacoglu hasn't had the chance to do that yet. He had two or three academy products on on that bench like that were never going to impact the game. Yes, Dane Scarlett came on, but they were never going to be able to come on and change that game in the way City had players that that did. So an overall and people are giving out about what I'm saying there. I I don't think we were good enough tonight, but I'm not comfortable making that umbrella statement to encapsulate a full 90-minute game of football when there were so many different phases that need to be acknowledged. 
Yeah, I think the only thing for me, for me that I'm uncomfortable with is the fact that it is one shot to 18. That that is obviously a really damning, cold, calculated, honest, you know, stat you can't get away from. You know, when you're going to have one shot to 18, the reality is, let's be honest about it, you're not going to win too many football games unless you have got one of the most clinical finishers in the game. And arguably our most clinical finisher in the game is out in the Asian Cup. And that is the reality of the situation. Um, and has been asked on his thoughts on James Madison in relation to if he could have started the game. And we touched up on this a bit earlier in the show. He said, look, not really. I think knowing the nature of the game today, he trained well this week and a half, but he's missed a lot of football. We were hoping to get him some minutes, which obviously we saw he did. And he should be right to go from now on. But there's another two games to come next week. We need him and those on the pitch to be there, ready for those games, to pitch in. So, yeah, it wasn't really much of a dilemma, but whether to start him or not, I just felt coming off the bench was going to be better for us as a team more than anything else. And to back up, as again, keep referring this to what TJ said earlier, I do feel when Madders came on, you could see that's a guy that hasn't been on the pitch for a very, very long time and is going to take some adaption to it. So, look, it is the reality of where we're at. I think what I just want to touch on the point is that we touched on it earlier. Paul Werner, and I've got to come back around to you, Russ, because you made this point. And you know what? I think that we've now got the stat. I think in the first half, there was four open opportunities to put Werner through. In the second half, there was an additional three. You're looking at seven or eight potential openings there for Werner, and he simply wasn't picked out. Now, was that just the case that players are not seeing him? Or is that, again, just a system thing that over the next couple of weeks we're going to hopefully adapt and work out for you, Russ? Well, yeah. I mean, I hope we do that. Um, look, um, TJ made the point earlier that, you know, he's only been at the club for three weeks and what have you, plus a load of match practice training sessions and what have you. That uh, Ange knows he's got pace. That's why we've got him. So... There must be an instruction in training. And before they go out, get the board of Timo. Timo, you run. We know what you can do. We just weren't capable of, of getting the ball to him tonight. It might have been that the players... I thought we played a bit hot potato football, if that makes sense, in the first half. As soon as the ball came to one of our players, normally they're very comfortable. It's, oh, get rid of it. And I think when you're playing football that quick... It's difficult just to lift your head up sometimes and find somebody like Werner or a real raking pass to Richie or ping the ball out to, uh, you know, Brennan on, on the right wing. And so um, I, I think it was the quality of the opposition as well. But Ange would definitely have said, let's get, you know, the ball to Timo Werner because City, if they're vulnerable at anything... Apart from Kyle Walker, it's pace, particularly through the middle. They don't like it. And we see them continually undone in games that they probably go on to win. But invariably, that is how they can see goals or set pieces. So I really thought we had a chance with the set piece tonight, but it, it, we just didn't get a good one. We didn't deliver the ball well yeah. for whatever reason. And it's unusual because how many times already have we seen Pedro, you know, ball after ball after ball going into the right areas. Either the strikers weren't there or yeah. somebody got on the end, keeper made a save or we scored. But this in front of goal business is is a recurring problem, even in the Premier League in yep. the last month totally. or so. We've all been saying it. Our listeners and viewers have been going, 
you know, we're just not having shots. Now, why that would be, I don't know. Um, because I, I want to see what Saar did before he went away with Senegal, yeah. was have a couple of pops at goal. He went close a couple of times, didn't he? Really close from outside the area. I think we've got to take a few more risks. But I'm not the manager. I'm just a fan who likes to see us win. No, but listen, I mean, again, Russ, you know, we, I think many that watch and listen to this show do hold your opinion in really, really high regard. And those that watch the game week in, week out won't get away from the fact that what you're saying there is really adamant and, and true. You can't get away from that. I mean, TJ, is there a hesitancy there in front of goal? I mean, look, it's again, I hate to keep referring back to this. It's one shot in eight, one shot against 18 shots. You know, if you're not going to shoot, you're not really going to score. So you've got to provide more to the game, right? And again, I just, I don't, I'm so sorry to keep going back on this point. Guys, I'm hurting. Believe me, I'm bloody hurting. Hummin Son, I can't get away from it. He's such a big miss to this side. That vocal presence and leader, or given the fact I thought Romero had a really, really good game, I do feel, I think he worked ever so hard. And I, again, I can't question anyone's effort and application. Can I just be honest with you guys? I'm just bloody frustrated. I'm frustrated to go out the cup. I'm frustrated to go out like that. Because again, you look at the margins, isn't it? It's one goal. But I do, I can't get away from the fact, you've got to have more shots, TJ. Haven't we got to have more shots? Yes, we do. Uh, and listen... Brother, we share your frustration, man. You know, we we, we really do. And um, look, we're more than just panellists on a podcast, right? We're friends, you know, so we have an emotional connection to each other and to our club. And so you know, I'm in, we, I'm in. we feel your pain, man. Um, and especially to lose to a set piece, you know, one goal to Matty's point, you know, a controversial goal, blah, blah, blah. Um, to say it was there for the taking, I, I, th- I feel like it was. Uh, you know, I did. I, I'm watching that game, thinking this could go either way. Were they the better side? Yes, they're the better side. But when do you watch a Manchester City play anybody and go, Manchester City weren't the better side? You know, 99 times out of 10, they are. They are the better side. And so, it is. It is annoying to just kind of just not make it to stumble at the at the final hurdle. As far as having one shot, I just. They were so good tonight. We we just didn't have the opportunities. Like people saying our front three were useless and they didn't get any service, guys. So then do you say our midfield were really useless? Important. And then you go, well, they yeah. didn't, they were, you know, breaking their legs to try to make interceptions and blocks. Yeah. And then you go, well, the defence then didn't do their jobs. No, they all did their jobs. We were just yeah. bested by yeah. the greatest team who were really at the races tonight. And yeah. again, our front three, Johnson, I'm not going to, Dump on the kid. You know, he has real potential, but he isn't there yet. And then people saying, but he costs this amount of money. It's not up to him. He doesn't set his own price tag. He's a young English player and young English players, especially if they're attackers, come at a premium. So just guys, look at that as a positive. We've we've got this guy that other clubs wanted and now he's at Tottenham. Again, to look at Timo Werner, people going, oh, Timo had this chance and Timo had this chance. Timo had this chance. Can you imagine if we bought Timo and he turned out to be like he was at Chelsea? We would be going crazy. He's been at the, he's done three games at the club and he's really starting to assert himself already. And Mm -hmm. so when players like Solomon or if, you know, Brian Gill ever does kind of sort it out. And I've just been informed, well, several times actually, that Bernardo Silva is Portuguese, not Spanish. Of course, I was thinking David Silva, who was Spanish. Um, you know, if he does sort that out, he's never going to get in the team because look at Timo Werner or Solomon's not going to get in the team because look at Timo Werner. So these are these are good things, right? But yeah, we want to be the finished article in six months. That's Come the hard. On. Yeah, come on! It's it's so difficult to yeah. go out of yet another cup and to, to finish another year, probably without any trophies. To Russ's point, barring a miracle, yep. but yep. 
we're on our way and we're playing football that we want to see. We're entertaining. Um, and those poor performances tonight, for me, were really down to the quality of the opposition rather than the application and effort of our own players. Uh, a tough night tonight against Man City. Yeah, definitely. We are disappointed for the loss. Obviously, we wanted to win the game and continue on the pickup. But the game went like this and we have to just move on. Can I ask how difficult a side Man City are to play against, just in terms of the way that they set up? No, obviously, I think we all know that they're a good team. Like us, we're a good team, but today was a, was a tight game. It was difficult for us and for them. And at the end, we just was not lucky with the last goal, but yeah, that's football. Destiny, we defended so well because they put us under a lot of pressure, but we just we couldn't seem to get it going offensively tonight, could we? I think they, they prepared the game very, very well in the way to stop us. And uh, at the end, it went, it went well for them. I can see how disappointed you are. I mean, obviously, we're, we're out of the FA Cup now. What, what, what are the lads saying in the dressing room? I bet there's a lot of disappointed faces, right? No, obviously, we're all disappointed because we want to continue in this, in this special cup and for us, for the fans. So we are really disappointed for the game, but this is football. We have to just move on. Destiny, when you, when you say that, that they came with a plan tonight to, to set up, what do you think they tried to do to, to nullify us? Obviously, the, the way they pressed was man-to-man -man from the from the starting. So they came, they pressed high, and for us maybe it was a little bit difficult to come out, but it was, it was a tight game. How do you recover now? Are you okay physically? You got a fair few knocks tonight? Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a tough game, but yeah, obviously I'm going to recover now and ready to go again on Wednesday. And then we, we go again on, on Wednesday. Huge game for us. Attention now, all on the Premier League, and even though tonight is, is not a good good thing tonight we all sort of put our focus straight into what we can do now with the rest of the season in, in the Premier League yeah definitely I think from the starting of the season the, we want to we are fully focused on the Premier League so we want to continue doing well and we have 17 games to, to show our best Hi everyone, Crackers here with your 2024 Legends event update. Thursday the 7th of March at Tillswood Golf Club in Surrey, Echo 61.co.uk have England legend Stuart Pearce. Friday the 8th and Saturday the 9th of March, Sandro is appearing in Limavady and Dublin respectively. That's Emerald Spurs events across the socials for tickets. Worcester Spurs at Worcestershire County Cricket Club. They have Harry Redknapp on Thursday the 14th of March. Friday the 15th of March at Dartford FC, South East Thames Spurs have Paul Stewart and Paul Walsh. H2O Legend Events.co.uk for tickets there. Monday the 18th of March, Sporting Experiences.co.uk have Glen Hoddle at the Wylots Theatre, Potters Bar, Hertfordshire. And finally, Friday the 22nd of March, Close Encounter dot events have Harry Redknapp at the Penridge Suites, Arnest Grove, North London. So there's your update at Mr Cracknell across the socials for further info. Cheers. Hi there, this is Ross Williams from The Last Word on Spurs. A few years ago, I researched and wrote a book about the huge physical and mental benefits of one simple form of exercise. It's called How to Walk Yourself Healthy and Happy, and it's helped thousands of people all over the world. Now, I've created an audio course which helps people maybe like you prevent five serious life-threatening conditions 
and protect themselves for the future. For example, this form of exercise is the closest thing to a silver bullet for conditions like high blood pressure and high cholesterol levels. If you're over 40, this is the information you need and the simple plan to protect yourself and get results. Risk-free, visit walkyourselfhealthyandhappy.com forward slash audio hyphen course or click the website link in my profile on X. I'm going to pick out just some key players here then we'll look to wrap things up. Again, I just, it's it's obviously really hard. And then again, I know there's that feeling. Can I just say, guys, totally do understand the frustration of going out of the cup. There's no doubt about that. The manner of it still hurts. Again, just stop watching the bloody goal, I'd say. Because the more you watch it, the more you get infuriated about it. But again, I will just say it's really important to have a bit of balance to understand where we're at under this manager. And, you know, try and come to the point of understanding that we are only four or five months into this project. Matt, on the manager, he decided to bring off Rodrigo Bensoncourt, which many are questioning if that was the right call. Obviously, uh, Madison with Skippy came on as well. Brennan Johnson went off the pitch as well. Bensoncourt coming off, could you understand that? I mean, look, he's only recently come back from injury, so... He was clocking up the minutes really before that, wasn't he? Can you understand Bentacle coming off? I, I can understand it. Um, but from a fan point of view, I was annoyed to see it, if that makes sense. You know, I think in, in games like this, it's it's very difficult to kind of to, to differentiate between the, the fan viewing and the, the more kind of analytical viewing. Um, but the simple fact is, like you said, Reggie, he, he's just back from not one but two long injury layoffs. You know, he, he only has a few hundred minutes under his belt in, in the last 12 months, which is... It is really important to note, but but even then, even if he had been fully fit, as 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 TJ mentioned, those midfielders were all over the place. Right, they were sprinting the the entire game, trying to keep up with that Man City midfield who were letting the ball do the work. So it was in itself an extremely tiring game. But when when you add to the fact that um, that he had those injury concerns as well, I, I was annoyed, but I can, I can see why it was done, and I was especially annoyed because. We were we were that close to seeing Van de Ven, Madison, and Bentoncourt on a pitch for the first time together, and then. When Madison's coming on, Bentigor is 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 the player that was coming off. So there was there was almost a nice moment there seeing seeing them all on together. But look, I, I think I think we need to remember that this isn't career mode. Players don't come back from injury and immediately yeah. have their full green fitness bar and they can play a full game of football. That yeah. that's not the way it is. Madison couldn't have started that game. Bentigor couldn't have played the full ninety. It's frustrating, but but that's the way it is. Let's look at the positive and the fact that we we had them for at least some period of time, which means they're closer to being able to play a full ninety. But I, I completely understand why why he couldn't. Yeah, I mean, just to summarize, just on Brennan Johnson, what I will just say is that I think from speaking to all the journalists that we have had this month on the shows, Matt, what's been evidently clear is that that guy has been played more than what he ever probably would have imagined he would have done. I think there's been that element where that guy is, I think he's on, what, 12, 13, 14 consecutive appearances for Spurs, when I think the element of him coming in would have been, he would have been coming off the bench in the final 20, 25 minutes to really stretch a defence with that pace. So, Look, let's not be making excuses for him before we go there because I know he's cost 50, 60 million. I get everyone wants the end product when you pay that kind of money. But that is a kid that is very, very young. And I agree with what Russ said earlier. You know, that interview that he gave to Spurs this week on the Off the Shelf podcast, I think, look, it's good to see that he's not letting that frustration get to him from the outside. As important, he doesn't as well because there's many like-minded Spurs fans that are level-headed that know that kid is young. He's finding his way. And ultimately, yeah, he's got a journey ahead of him. Uh, Pierre-Mille Hoybier, coming over to you, Russ. Look, that guy has ultimately been a player that I think we've all said so far during the month of January does want to move away. 
look, you can't go away from that last 10 minutes or so. He did completely lose his head, lose his mind. Lucky, lucky boy. We could have had a couple of goals given away just in Hoybier alone. But yeah. in terms of the way he played that game, I've got to say that I think the way he actually started that game today and for the for, for the 70, 80 minutes, that's the best I've seen Hoybier play in a Spurs shirt this season. And if you were to yeah. say to me now that you are yeah. going to keep him until the end of the season and let him go in the summer, yeah. I think I'd be okay with that. I think before today, I would have been really unsure. But I think, look, he's playing against the best team in the world. Sorry to keep saying that. And yes, I will keep saying I'm disappointed to go out of the cup. So I bloody am disappointed to go out of the cup, by the way, uh, for those that are saying yeah, don't be disappointed. Too. I'm getting sick of it, honestly. Yeah. Um, Russ, Hoybe on the back of that performance, maybe trying to forget the last 10. Do you still keep him for you? Or would there be a... There's still a lot to get him out the door if we can get the right man in in these next eight days, nine days or so. Well, I, I, I can't remember him making so quickly one mistake after another Not like in that. such a no. big game. So I'm prepared to give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, he's an international footballer. Point number one in the first half, the probably two of the best passes from our players in that first half were made by Hoiberg. Uh, probably three, actually, incisive passes going forward. And he's not famous for being a good passer, but he, he did well in that first half. Would I keep him until the end of the season? Yeah, probably would. Uh, but as it stands right now, nobody has come in and made a bid for him. So it's going to be a late, late show, I think, um, yeah. if he if he does go. But I, I do think he's not a starter for me. Absolutely not. And no, I don't no, think I agree. He's a starter for no. a lot of people. No, no, In fact, agree. all of us probably. Yeah. But um, he does have a certain quality, particularly when you're trying to hold on to something a little bit. Yep. Last 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Then I think he definitely would come into his own there. Uh, but he's never going to be a flair player. We know that. But what no, he has no. got is heart. He gives his all. He's a total professional. Yeah. And uh, like any other human being, he's got some rickets in him. We've all made them. He made them tonight on a football pitch. Nobody died. We lost the yeah. game. I'm annoyed too, Rick. Yeah. Because, you know, this monkey on the back of this football club of no trophies is the one that, as you said at the beginning of the show, Rick, we want to get off our back, really. And, you yeah. know, even maybe at the expense of a top four finish, you know. To actually go to Wembley and yeah win something be amazing yeah. wouldn't it well and just that it, just that day it's out such a relief you know yeah this, just for, just for this group Russ I keep saying it you know I, and again sorry to sound like a broken record I, I I really like this group you know TJ and I think we've said this actually a few times this season that you can really relate to the group to Ange and look I am for those bingo car callers I am conscious of time so look before I try and look to close this TJ I just want to come to you very quickly um one player that I think Cat and most certainly stand up for himself in that performance was Mickey van der Ven. I mean, that guy was absolutely everywhere in regards to that back line tonight. Did a lot of covering the space behind Romero. To be fair to Romero, I think he got better as the game wore on, I think. And he, looked, he made a terrific last-ditch block to deny Alvarez. It was really a terrific performance from that young man. And again, we're talking about Mickey van der Ven, that he's still in his first season at the football club. How much should we be really, really... Boyed by that performance, boyed by that performance from Mickey, in your opinion, CJ? Yeah, massively. And also he's done that consistently. Like he's one of those players that um, 
arrives at the football club and you know again if you were making a movie about it then he would kind of light it up from you know from game one and 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 that's what he's done um and of course coming in and setting such a high precedent for himself he now has an enormous weight of responsibility on his shoulders but there are just some people you know that's why we have that expression you know cometh cometh the cometh the man cometh the hour cometh the hour cometh the man and um he is one of those people that just seems to improve um the more pressure that is that is heaped upon him uh and also you know when de bruyne came on and thought that he could get a bit of change out of the guy he couldn't and uh there was that incident when de bruyne kind of you know shoulder barged him over the line and i mean van der ven literally laughed at him um and you know kevin de bruyne is one of the the greatest exponents of the game ever to grace the premier league and mickey van der ven who's been in the premier league for six months is laughing at the guy so um He's obviously got bags of confidence as well as bags of uh, of uh, technical ability and strength and, and and vision and all the rest of it. So again, to the broader points that we've been making tonight, um, not to shy away from the fact that we're all frustrated at the performance and all fr- also frustrated about going out of a cup which is so dear to us. But Mickey van der Ven is going to be one of the foundation stones upon which we're going to build this this tower, which will hopefully. Uh, take us to the promised land. Um, and so there are so many, so many positive things about this team. And again, I'm not making excuses. This is just how I feel. I, I'm I'm annoyed at losing a game. You never want to lose a game of football, but we did lose a game. We lost it in a manner that felt like, well, that really could have gone either way. We weren't played off the park. It was nothing like that. It wasn't turgid. It wasn't Conte. It wasn't Mourinho. It was nothing like that. And again, Ricky, I think that's why you and so many of us, myself included, have enormous affection for the club again. You know, it's not just like, oh, God, please win. Because, you you know, when you pick a team when you're a kid, you know, that's it. It's a lifelong commitment. I think that there is genuine affection for these young lads and we want success for them as much as we want it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And again, that yeah. has not always been the case at the club. So just a bit of perspective, perhaps, for, for fans who are feeling annoyed or angry, and there seem to be a lot of them out there. You know, look at this young group of lads and see how they're playing for each other, pulling for each other, and, of course, um, marching to the beats of this new manager that we brought in, brought in who has been entirely transformative. Yeah, look, CJ, again, I will echo those words. Um, look, trying to, and before I get hammered for bringing this up, no, it isn't last one on Liverpool. But um, obviously, it's been pretty sensational news that has come through in these last 24 hours. And that, of course, is Jurgen Klopp is leaving Liverpool. Yeah. I just wonder, guys, as we look into closes one, what that, if that at all really changes Spurs' position in the narrative of what that means for the future. You know, number one, um, we've had a report come through. And again, many will maybe criticise me bringing this to air. But look, we had Matt Law on during the summer. I think Matt is a very credible journalist and one that I feel should be taken seriously given his close links to Spurs that are out there and they do say that and is viewed as a potential uh, a potential dark horse for Man City's target list which does make me laugh a little bit given the fact that we all know Ange is a big Liverpool fan there we are on the day that Klopp is leaving Liverpool and we're not fearing him going to Liverpool we're fearing him going to Man City but that's a separate report but just in relation to Mm. Liverpool and losing Klopp is that a good or a bad thing, guys? I mean, have we got any concern oh, last time with you that would I, they look? We'll look at Postecoglou now. Would they six months into a no. new project? They want to prove and win there, don't they, or someone well, along it, those it was, lines? 
it was interesting today, Rick, that Bayer Leverkusen said that um, they would be happy for uh, Xavi Alonso to uh, speak to somebody and, and go somewhere else in the summer. So it makes you wonder because Liverpool mm. have definitely looked at him. Obviously, yep. a former player as well, plays yep. the sort of football um, that Liverpool would like, whether there is some kind of agreement there. Uh, but, you know, as a general point, um, I think Klopp is an amazing football manager and I think he's brought an awful lot to European football, German football and, and now English football with Liverpool. Uh, without Guardiola, I think he would have won even more trophies. Yeah. And actually him hanging his uh, managerial boots up, so to speak, at the end of the year is great for him and we wish him well for the future. Hopefully it'd be good for the rest of the teams in the Premier League that Liverpool yeah. won't be quite so good. But for the Premier League as a whole, I don't think it's great. We, you know, we used to get the very, very best managers. We certainly have those now. And we've got some of the world's best players, which we never quite used to have. They were always on the way down, weren't they? Most of them when they came. But they came. And and, and I just think that the Premier League uh, as a product is slightly weakened without a Jurgen Klopp. It's my own personal opinion. Do you think, though, Russ, a Liverpool side potentially in transition next season, depending on who that coach is, whether it be a Chabi Alonso, gives Spurs a chance to potentially go above them? Or do you think that's a far-fetched opinion? Well, um, no, I don't think it's far-fetched. The only team that I think are far and away of everybody else in the Premier League when they're on form is Man City. Okay. We've seen them tonight. You yeah. know, they get the job done. But look at the way they've played in the first half and the way yeah. they've played generally week in and week out. And De Bruyne, by the way, didn't start because he did say after the last Premier League game that he couldn't play more than 25 minutes. And so it proved tonight. Uh, but Liverpool, um, I mean, if, if we could play Liverpool in an FA Cup game, I, I, I wouldn't be, be as concerned as I would be about playing City. Okay. Personally. Yep. I mean, Matt, come over to you. Give me your thoughts on that. And also the fact, Matt, it does mean for Spurs, it is a 41-game season. So bringing that into context with what we've heard today with, with Klopp and everything to go with that, what do you feel holds the key for the rest of, se- rest of the season for Tottenham? Yeah, first, I just want to echo Russ's sentiments on, on Jurgen Klopp. Um, I, I pretty much tweeted the, the exact same thing earlier. Um, now, I, I, I did... I did caveat that tweet by saying that I I, I don't particularly like Klopp um, but I, I didn't think that was relevant to the situation I just wanted to to kind of get ahead of the people who'd discredit the rest of what I said with a, a lot of old tweets about the man um, but he, he is he is one of the best managers the Premier League has seen his, his record speaks for that and while I'm happy to see a rival and, and a club that that I don't quite like be be weakened it is definitely a loss for for the Premier League and he said himself today that he's, he's never going to manage another another English club so it, it is a loss to the league um, but I think it's it's a great opportunity for Spurs and in the same context as we're seven eight years behind Manchester City in, in the project next year we're going to be a year ahead of Liverpool and they they've made a lot of signings especially in the summer that are that are kind of tailor-made for a Jurgen Klopp system some of them worked in Wataru Endo and um, and a few others. Some of them haven't worked. Like Gravenberch hasn't lived up to, to the expectation. But as as much as Alonso plays a similar kind of overarching style of football, where it's the high intensity, high press, proper football, um, the the kind of tactical nuances in that might not suit the players that the club has brought in to um, to, to work in his system. So there, there's there's going to be a lot of fine tuning that will need to be done there. One thing I am terrified of is Trent playing the Alonso role because I think he'd be 
utterly ridiculous in that. So we could see him even even hit a new level. Um, but yeah, it, it can only be a good thing for Spurs. You know, Liverpool aren't going to be better than what they were under Klopp. He 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 constantly got a tune out of that team and and constantly made the the sum of the parts or the that that phrase um, constantly made that true in, in in what he did at Liverpool. Um, so they 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 will soften. It's a good chance for us to to try and get a little bit ahead of them in the race, whether we can or not. Will remain to be seen, um, but it's it's definitely an opportunity. Okay, CJ, thoughts on that for you, and whether that does help or hinder Spurs, depending on who goes into Anfield next. Um, I mean, listen, I think the boys have covered it. I'll just keep it brief. Personally, I feel the same as 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 Matty. Terrific manager, not for me personally. Just whinges too much. You know, somebody trips over a shoelace and he's writing a letter to the to the PGMOL. Like, dear God, grow up, man. Um, uh, I think it was King Hoddle who posted that he'll miss his teeth. That did make me smile. Uh, he reminds me of that episode of Friends, you know, when Ross <laughs> whitens his teeth. <laughs> reminds me of that for all you Friends fans out there. Maybe that's just me. So, um, listen, fair play to the guy, you know. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> CJ, I want, I want to close it on this final question to everyone. Yeah. 41 game season for Tottenham now. Obviously, where we are, we're three points off the current top four. Mm-hmm. What for you now would be deemed a success this season for Tottenham? Um, well, talking of people that I don't really care for um, personally, but I respect uh, their careers. Gary Neville um, was talking in the press last week about how Tottenham are going to be a frightening prospect coming towards the business end of the season. So if you think about the players that we have coming back, you know, this afternoon, sorry, this afternoon for me, this evening for you, we've been lamenting the absence of certain players. Well, when we get them all back, we are looking very, very tasty, very, very tasty indeed. When certain clubs tend to fall off towards the end of the season, I think that that's when we will be finding our strength. And the fact that I believe that we will still be positioned around about the same place, I think will be the sixth, fifth or fourth coming into the last kind of 10 10 to 12 games of the season. So as long as we are still within touching distance at first, I think those young players, the thing is about being young is you don't, you you sort of lack the the knowledge to be afraid. You, you, You lack certain trepidation. And so I think that coming into the last couple of months uh, at the end of the season, we're going to have a concerted push and are going to be a bit of a terrifying prospect. So that's what I'm really looking forward to. And who knows, maybe we'll be on a show in a couple of months time saying, my goodness, we're within touching distance, lads. Maybe we could go on and win the whole bloody thing. TJ, thank you, mate. It is always therapy when needed when you're ever on, mate. Thank you so much. Oh, mate, can't thank you enough. Russ, come over to you. Then we're going to close yeah. with Matty. Russ, for you now, I mean, look, I know we're both of us and all of us here, you know, we, again, we won't get like it. We are gutted to go out. Yeah. What for you now, in your opinion, Russ, is deemed as a successful season, given the fact where we are in the league at the moment, players to come back. Give me your thoughts for you. Um, everyone back. Everyone stays fit. And even with no further additions, uh, with Ange Ball back, uh, I am uh, quite optimistic like uh, TJ. Look at the people around us. Newcastle, Tottenham are better than them. Aston Villa, think we're better than them. Arsenal, honestly, I think we're better than them when everyone is is fit and raring to go. 
Liverpool were not far away from them. City were quite away from them. So on that basis, third. There you go. That's where I think we'll finish. Russ. And I hope we do. Incidentally, Rick, <laughs> just a, a quick doff of our caps to uh, the victors tonight. A Man City often accuse their fans of not giving us stuff about anything, really, and just accepting all the glory that they get. Well, 9,000 were at our stadium tonight, mm. and they've got a nightmare journey home. And I think as fellow football fans, uh, we should sympathise with them a little bit because they're good fans, proper fans. Russ? Thank you, mate. Sorry to bring you back on this nature of a defeat. That's right. Um, Sorry about the loss of internet earlier. No, we, don't be we silly. We had a glimpse of the dog, didn't we, as well? Oh, mate. Your words of wisdom always go far. We look forward Pleasure. to that very, very soon, mate. mate. Pleasure Thank is all ours. Honestly, keeping these guys up later than what we should do. Thank you so much. Matty, I want to close it with you. Oh, mate, what a journey. What a marathon we've had so far this season. Look, can't get away from it, as we said. We have to move on. We have to find a way. Vicario has just come out on Instagram and said, gutted to be out of the FA Cup. Proud of this group. We keep fighting till the end. A massive thanks to the fans. The one thing I do know, Matt, is that if you take our minds back to that FA Cup exit of last season, and many don't want to go back there, I think at that point, many felt the season was done, if you remember. Ryan Mason came in. It felt almost like the season was petering out. If anything... There is still, I believe, and that sounds silly, me saying it's where top four is not my everything and Champions League isn't everything for me. But it does feel like there's still a lot to play for for this season for Ange. And I think, if anything, this defeat, again, just emphasises the point that we're still, in my opinion, two to three windows away of getting Ange the players that he needs to really be able to compete at this level and have the resources and the tools to do what the man can do. So, Matt, give me your thoughts now as we go into what many will call into February, the business end of the season. What can Spurs achieve, in your opinion? Um, look, I, I think it's it's such a, a crucial point to bring up kind of where we were t- towards the end of last season. Um, uh, quickly on, on the top four, I, I think we're better than Aston Villa. Um, Villa now have themselves in, um, in, in an FA Cup replay. Could be more games there for them. While I'd like to lay a little bit higher than that, um, I think top four is something that that's well within our control. But I think the we it's 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 difficult to manage expectations throughout a season when when we overperform a lot of the time, way beyond what our wildest dream was when Manange Postecoglou came in. And to touch on one of the the intangible successes that we could have from this season, and I'm going to ask for a bit of audience engagement here. How how many people right now? are in love with this team. If, if you're in love with the team, just put a yes in the live chat. And I appreciate the, the listeners and audio won't get the, the the full benefit of what I'm expecting is a flurry of messages to come in. Um, but the, the reality of the situation is last summer, this club couldn't find people to take season tickets. And this week, tickets for Luton and Nottingham Forest sold out in 10 minutes. And no disrespect at all to, to Luton and Nottingham Forest. But the, the simple fact of the matter is, we're back in love with this football club. We're back in love with this team. Um, Ricky, you said it. Um, you said it earlier. And for those on audio, it, it started a flurry of message. Even Dan thinks we're going to be champions. Um, the, the simple fact is, we're back in love with this football club. And the, the most difficult thing as a fan, and I said this a lot last season when we were going through the rough times. For me, I'd rather be angry and frustrated, frustrated and sickened at what I'm seeing on the football pitch than just not care anymore. And I think for a lot of us last season, it did get to that point where, where we struggled to care because it felt as though those within the club and those on the pitch didn't. But 
we 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 have that passion back. We have that drive back, and we know that those who are representing our football club every Saturday have that drive and passion back. And for that to continue to grow, and for that progress to continue to be there over the next six months, two, three, four, five years, however long Ange Postecoglou is there, those base intangible successes are, are are really really important to me. I hope there's going to be more, and I do believe there will be more to come along with that. But but as a start, as a first six months, I'm I'm damn happy with the trajectory of this club. May. Thank you so much. Guys, look, I think for all of our sakes, for our souls, we should leave it there. Difficult night. Look, it's the game. It's the result. None of us really wanted to review, but we have to do it. And that's why you've got, in my opinion, these top tier, amazing people that allow you to have an understanding and some therapeutic nature of what it is like being Spurs fans. And I mean, actually tuning in and watching the show, well, I'm not even Spurs fans, which is actual credit to the amazing guests that come on here and give their wisdom on Spurs that many simply love and enjoy. Guys, thank you so much for your incredible support. We've had a couple of thousand of you watching this live, so again, I can't thank you enough. We've been joined by Broadcast Extraordinaire, Russ Williams. Russ, thank you so much, mate. We really appreciate an absolute star. The brilliant TJ Romini, actor TJ Romini, and the superb Matty Hayes on this last word on Spurs. Look, it is a missed opportunity. There's no doubt about it. There's a huge amount of perspective in there, but don't give up. It is a great team. It's a great manager. It's an exciting time to be a Spurs fan. Don't let anyone tell you any differently than that. It is a team that could be going places. So it is really important for these next three, four months now. We do get behind the boys. We get behind the players and the manager and ensure we finish the season, hopefully, with securing European football, wherever that may be. From TJ, from Russ, from Matt. Guys, I've been the last one on Spurs. Thank you so much for all your support. Please keep safe, keep well. We're back with you soon. And as always, come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.